Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Dr. Mariah White, host of Your Life Matters. Thanks for listening to the following broadcast on Public House Media. working it's working hello everyone it is no filter friday on public house media and i'm almost out, i'm almost out of tea so i brought in backup this evening we are talking about um joe biden the founder of the hashtag me too movement um this lady tamara burke who we've talking about we talked about before hello people coming in please leave me a comment so i know who you are hopefully it's david bobke and hopefully it sounds okay. It's Roger. Hello, Roger Neal. Here for some tea. Wonderful, Alexa. Well, good. I'm glad you're here because, you know, I'm always here to spill tea and take names and we're about out of tea. So that's just going to have to do it. I've like, I've made myself like all these notes. We're, we're going to get off like what's going to seem like off topic, but it's not actually going to be off topic. So I'm going to try to keep us but I mean, granted, like my note taking skills are just like trash. So like, don't hold your breath on this, but we're going to try to keep it. We're gonna, I've already lost them already. This is no good. Okay, here we go. <laughs> we're going to try to keep it kosher. We're going to try very, very hard. Okay, let me, um, let me just take a second and share the show. And you should also share the show. You should also share the show. All these notes. We're get- Isaac Duncan, you think it's been a year since you've watched this? A year? Where have you been, son? Where have you been? What have you been doing? Like trash, so. Share. Boom. Okay, I'm going to turn this down on my phone because I don't want this to uh, do playback. Okay, so. <sighs> what shall we call? What shall we share? What shall we share this as? Um. Perfection. Okay, we can shut this off now. Great. Great, 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 great. All right, now, I've shared, hopefully you've shared, because we're going down the rabbit hole this evening. We're going to talk about all the things that we, (sighs) things that we have to talk about, and the things that we should talk about. That, those are the, those are the, we're going to marry those two things this evening. That is the goal. So, let's try to keep this going. Lockdown doing stand-up comedy. Are you doing stand-up the Laugh Factory shows? Is that what you're doing? Is that what's going on? Are you doing the Laugh Factory? Because they, I guess um, they're having comics come do shows at the Laugh Factory and they're doing they're live streaming them because everything's live streamed now. Everybody's doing. Okay, so let's tackle this Joe Biden debacle. I'm going to preface this by saying and you, you, if you know me, you know this, but like, if it weren't for unpopular opinions, I'd have no opinions at all. And if you're one of these like sensitive people who like can't 
come outside of like what they have committed to thinking and being and you're just unable to fathom that anybody else would think any differently than you this is your time to go this is your time to gracefully exit now if you are one of those people you've probably never had a graceful exit in your life so try it out try it this time if you need to take the opportunity it's corona time yolo i mean it's time to do new things so if you're one of these people just beyonce to the left and we'll pretend like you weren't even here to begin with and like your precious feelings will be intact exactly how you wanted to go about your life with them i for one <laughs> am tired of the of the overwhelming sensations of feelings coming out of people um i get that it's like a strenuous time but you gotta if, if there's a time to get in your you know in tune with your star player it's now like that's the, it's the only thing that's going to get you through the hump is getting in tune with the star player and being like you know what i'm an adult I'm fully grown. I can do this. Someone else can talk and it won't physically kill me. It won't hurt me. Like short of like slapping you in your very sensitive face. They're just words. It's going to be okay. You'll be all right. So now that those people have hopefully exited to the left. Oh, see, look, the numbers are going down. Somebody sensitive had to go. That's cool. I'm very proud of you. I'm very proud of you. That means the first time in life, you probably made a graceful like, Oh, and they're keep going. Great. Wonderful. Perfect. I just, disclaimer, I said all these things up front and we're going to keep on moving. So let's keep in mind with this Joe Biden situation that there has only been five presidents in the 45 president history of the United States that have ever won against an incumbent or no, I didn't say that right. There's only five people, five presidents in the 45 president history of the United States that have ever um, lost that seat. It doesn't happen often. It's just kind of like a fluke one-off thing that happens every now and again. I'm not saying that it's like never going to happen again, but the likelihood of it happening is... <sighs> very small like if you were playing a game in vegas and those were your odds of like winning you probably wouldn't play that game unless you have like a gambling problem so let's keep that in mind while we're talking about this the democratic primary has decided to like push joy biden out to the front of the stage and like we knew that that was going to happen um there's been certain people that have just been clapping like a seal for joe biden to like run for a long time one specific lady that comes to mind is Laura Brown, the editor of InStyle. Like a lot of major media outlets that aren't necessarily like mainstream news have been like, oh, yay, Uncle Joe for a very, very long time. Um, despite the fact that they have, you know, plenty of pictures of him smelling kids. But okay, cool. The likelihood of him actually winning is like next to nothing statistically speaking anyway. So, well, I don't want to say it is what it is because I don't feel like that's an accurate statement, but we have to keep these things in the front of our minds when we're running around worrying about what Joe Biden is or isn't doing. So, we last week we talked about Alyssa Milano, I think, or maybe that was the week before. No, last week we talked about Alyssa Mack. The week before that, 
we talked about um, Alyssa Milano and her flippity floppity flippity situation when she went from believe all women to ooh that doesn't work for me politically yeah I don't believe her um, we've got problems and, oh really Isaac Duncan you can't go off the number you see for followers on internet shows more interesting well keep keep an eye on keep a tab keep an eye on that Mr. Isaac please um so now this week Rose McGowan has you know come out crying and bawled about how you know how she feels wronged in this and she's obviously in like really serious distress and we've talked about this before on the show like considering the things that Rose McGowan has been through you cannot expect her to be like running at full power or people are coming in oh how fabulous um running at full power or totally playing with the full deck like i'm sure she's like trying her best but that's only going to go to a certain point and when we're talking about really really sticky stuff in the media the people that they're going to get that experience that stuff to like i don't want to say corroborate those stories but like either tell the story corroborate the story exact etc like they've been through that trauma so trauma lasts and it's going to have an effect forever like there's very 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 few people that go through i don't know something like nom and then come out like oh yeah blah 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 blah. totally able to talk about it they're you know completely in touch with it they've they've healed from it they're you know they've they've found their inner zen these things just don't happen i'm not saying it's impossible but they don't happen that often so i feel like we have to give rose mcgowan some grace here and be like okay <laughs> thank you for your contribution Thank you for feeling whatever feelings that you felt. Good for you, boo. Um, Alyssa Milano, on the other hand, is just a, this, your girl's a mess. She's about as messy as her career is. But basically, the the me, the, the woman who founded Me Too, Tamara Burke, um, was very, very much in the shadows up until I would say six months to a year into the whole like movement, like catching on and not only gaining steam, but like really, really changing the world. And for whatever reason this week, she decided that, oh yeah, I totally believe Tara Reid. And, you know, there is, you know, un unrefutable pictures and videos of Joe Biden <sighs> sniffing kids and sniffing ladies. He's got, he's a real hair smeller. It's a real hair smell. He's got that like Crisp and Glover vibe and Charlie's Angels, you know. We don't I would say that we haven't we haven't seen him cut some hair and jump out of a window, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. Just saying. And a lot of people are saying, like, oh, like that's the death of the Me Too movement. You know, it's it's believe all women, and then it's like only believe women if it's politically advantageous to this person and you know we get back into this like false accusation diatribe which it happens false accusations happen do they happen often no they don't um and the real world whatever politicians and you know elected officials want to do with themselves like that's like a whole other thing but in the real world as far as like you and i are concerned they don't happen that often they really really don't and they certainly don't happen often enough to be like worried about it you can't let that persuade you. It's a total political tactic. Absolutely. Totally a political tactic. Um, but the thing is, is like, 
say this was like, say, you know, Tamara Burke comes out and says this and everybody's like, wow, hashtag me too. That crashed and burned so fast. That's not really true because the world has changed because of, because of it. And not just in town, not just inside of Hollywood or inside of the United States, but like it has reverberated around the rest of the world. And we've decided as a people, as a species, that this kind of behavior is just not kosher. It's just not. It has to be stopped. We can't keep continuing to allow sexual predators, people who are, you know, just will not stop sexually harassing people on the street or people that they work with or people that work for them. You know, there's, it's just, we're over it. As a generation, we have decided that's a wrap on that. And that's the good thing. And that's the point. That was the point of hashtag me too. Anyways, we look, everyone's raising their hand. Everyone has been affected by this. Let's stop letting it happen. Let's stop sweeping it under the rug. Time's up for all this. It's a wrap on that. We're done doing that. We're done allowing this behavior. We're done encouraging this behavior. It's over. It's done with. So even if that were true, even if all of these stories that jump to the conclusion that like hashtag me too is over, it's definitely not. There's lots and lots of companies that are changing their HR structure. They're changing their liability um, policies. They're changing um, employee handbooks. They're changing ways to report sex crimes or sexual harassment like we're we've already made it to the other side of it's not a snowball rolling downhill anymore anymore like we've taken those three snowballs we stack them on top of each other and they've got like you know coal eyes and a carrot nose and we're it's done it's built it's it's doing its thing will it melt one day I don't know, maybe, but if it melts one day, then that means that season is over and we're on to the next season. So was that really such a bad thing? I don't know. Hopefully we'll get to a point in our culture or world society where I won't need to sit here and talk about hashtag me too all day or not all day, but every Friday at 830 because it will just be so ingrained in us. We'll know what to do. We'll know what happened. We'll know what is and isn't acceptable that we won't have to have these discussions anymore. We'll just know that like, it'll be, can, we can communicate with looks and then I can continue to talk about something else or I don't know, just fly away and you won't have to see me ever again. There'll be no more robes, no more tea to be spilled, you know, none of that stuff. You guys won't need me anymore because everyone will have graduated onto the next season of whatever this, you know, rock hurling through space has has in store for us so i say even if it is the end of it who cares we've already won the war we've already won we've decided that it's something that we're not going to put up with anymore and nobody thinks is acceptable so we're no longer accepting it we have rejected the shipment mission mission accomplished i say i mean there's still work to be done but even if we didn't do it We've already done the majority of it, so we'll all live. It's fine. <sighs> okay. Now we have to get over to the even more sensitive part of this situation. Because this is where the tea spilling is going to get, um, I don't want to say personal, but it's going to get local. This is going to be, we're going to do some local tea spilling here. Because I think it's 
important and the reason that I do the show live is to have the back and forth, as I say, almost every week. Um, and I'm seeing a lot of people that are like really, really scared and really upset. And that's something that I can maybe help or alleviate considering we do, we have been sitting here every night at 8.30 or every Friday night at 8.30 for the past two and a half years. We're in a serious relationship now. We're committed to each other. We can, we can have these discussions. So I have been taking, I don't want to say field trips because like, they're not really field trips. I'm like, I have stuff to do still, you know, regardless. So I think I make it out a little bit more than most people do. Um, so I get to see things and you know, I can't shut up. I can't stop talking to people. It's just how I do things like, and because of the show, my DMS are just so filled with people sending me stuff, sending me stuff that they were sent or something, sending me stuff that they made or looked into or talked to or what, like the pictures, memes, videos, you name it, people send it to me because I've, you know, we've built that relationship over these years. So the things that I wanted to cover in this is just things that don't, don't make sense and don't add up. And we know over the course of this show that basically every week I talk about that how the media is trash and either they got something wrong on purpose, not on purpose, or they just glossed over stuff. The really, they buried the lead and glossed over the meat of the story basically on purpose most of the time. And how every single person who I have ever interviewed in my entire career that was in the media and some, you look at your DMs, that's bold. I only look at, okay, I should have, I should have specified. I only look at my DMs on certain platforms. My Instagram DMs are nowhere anybody wants to be. Two weeks ago, I think, whenever that Inked Magazine came out, article came out on me, um, it crashed. My dick pics crashed my Instagram twice in one day. I don't know why guys want to send you pictures and videos of their dicks, but they do. So I don't go digging around my my Instagram DMs because. <sighs> that is no place any respectable person would go. So I'm going to leave myself out of my own DMs too. And I can't encourage this behavior because like, this is America and I'm not really used to seeing that much foreskin. There, I said it. It's just not, um, it's just not right. And some of them, some of these dick pics that end up coming through the filter system are like, what? Like, why Why would you do this? And those ones I end up sending to my friends in group chats and we make fun of them. Some people read tarot cards. I read dick pics. I can tell everything about your whole life, past, present, and future through a dick pic. Don't send them to me. Just don't. It's a bad it's a bad, bad, bad idea. It's not, um, it's not, it's not right. Don't, don't do it. It's gross. And if no, if you have to send unsolicited dick pics, I know that nobody else asked for it. So you're just telling us that your dick is trash. I mean, I could have guessed that by looking at your face, but like your dick pic kind of confirmed it. So 
leave something to the imagination, you know? That's just me. Ask other girls about their DMs. They'll probably say the same thing. So, back on topic, not dick pics. I'll have maybe David Bob people take this part, take this part out. Maybe that's just a live show thing. Maybe that's just for the live show. Um, I want to do bridging a little gap here. So, what do we know about Harvey Weinstein that we've talked about over and over and over again and everyone agrees on? The entire town of Hollywood and to an extent the producing realm of New York knew what Harvey was up to for many, many, many years. And it was common knowledge around here. That's why we call it the open secret. I've done entire shows on editor-in-chiefs of big trade publications or big newspapers or big magazines that shows that were found out to have been burying the Harvey Weinstein story. And then when the New Yorker finally broke that story, everybody in town was like, yeah, this ain't news. What are you talking about? Everybody knows this. And the rest of the world was like, what? What? You've been letting him do what? So much pearl clutching, which is fine. Please clutch pearls. This is not even right. This shouldn't even be happening. Um, David Bobke, I'm gonna have to think about that. You know what, David Bobke, we'll let you decide if um, if we should keep the dick pic disclaimer in or not. That's up to you. I'm not even gonna ask. You just you just decide that. So when the media tells you something. Most, all right, it's skewed to the way that works for them. Point blank, period. It just is. They'll do whatever story sells their product or gets clicks on their product, which and then turn sells it. They don't really have an emotional attachment to the meat of it. Um, some journalists still do, and that's lovely and wonderful. They're few and far between. And most of the time they have a very, very hard time getting or staying employed because of the way the media makes money. So if we know that and we can all agree on that's what happened and that's exactly what anybody in town will tell you. Yeah, we all knew, open secret, duh. Then that proves the theory of you don't know what they don't tell you. And you also don't know what they tell you either because they're unreliable. Now, I do not have trust issues. I have, I've seen this before issues. That's the kind of issues that I've had. Why? Because most of the time I've seen this before. This don't make no sense. It makes sense then, it doesn't make sense now. So would we even be talking about this coronavirus? had the media not been like, oh my God, clutch pearls? Well, considering we've never had the media ever talk about any other coronaviruses, because there's many that come in all different sizes, shapes, flavors, and colors, we've never talked about one before. And we certainly didn't dominate the news cycle for one 24 seven for an indefinite amount of time. So now all of a sudden you want to talk about it? Okay, interesting. And 
I keep saying, I keep seeing um, all of these trade publications from around town, Deadline, Hollywood Reporter, Variety, all the IMDb News, you know, all of these places that a lot of us rely on regurgitating the same article basically over and over and over again. We're negotiating reopening production uh, practices and how to be safe and blah, 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 blah. Okay, when are we going to be doing this reopening of production and staying safe and clean and whatever? Oh, we don't know. Oh, so you're just regurgitating the same information over and over again. Okay. Or speculation. It's not information. It's speculation. You have no clue what's going to happen. Cool. Great. Well, riddle me this. I'm sitting at home. You're sitting at home being told ad nauseum, stay at home. Don't go to work. Don't go to school. Don't go here. Don't go there. Matter of fact, those places are closed. You can't go to those places either, even if you did leave your house. Nope, 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 nope. If you go into this place, they're going to kick you out. You just, it's a wrap. You can't do that. Okay. What are, how are we being told that? by the government and by the media, which arguably are one and the same thing. But those people haven't so much as taken a day off, they're working overtime. So why is it that CBS News, NBC News, KTLA, um, Fox, they're shooting in their studios just fine. Have any of their cast or crew gotten, gotten coronavirus? Because if they did, I haven't heard about it. Have you heard about it? So what is the difference between, I'm gonna use my friend Sam Rubin as, I'm not picking on Sam, I'm just using him as an example. So my friend Sam Rubin over at KTLA, which is just down on Sunset, like Sunset in the 101, what's the difference between him going to the studio and getting in front of the camera every day with a full crew? on the other side of it and reopening production for narrative content, whether it be f features or television or miniseries or anthology, like music videos, what does it matter? What's like, what's the difference? It's a studio, you're shooting things, you have a cast and a crew. Do you think they've changed up their craft service? Do you think they've changed up their catered lunches? I don't know. I haven't been over there, but if anybody wants to chime in and let me know if they've changed any any single practice that they've been doing for since the invention of recorded video and sound and news broadcast, please let me know. I don't know. They don't seem to talk about how they're running their production. But if you talk to Kevin Feige at Marvel, he'll tell you that they're not even considering reopening production until August and they shoot between the US, Canada, and the UK. So that's going to be a no from them. And then according to Warner Brothers Internal, they've never publicly said this, but they're not going to allow physical production on the lot or otherwise until September. So doesn't make any sense. This makes no sense to me. I, I have many, many questions that don't have answers. And then on top of it, with the way that they're like, stay in your house, stay in your house, stay in your house, stay in your house, stay in your house. We don't have this benefit of like talking to each other or seeing other things. The reason I'm 
able to do this show, for example, is because I've been out seeing people, talking to people, looking in dark corners, because you know I stay lurking on the gram and in real life. That's why I've seen things, so I can talk to you about it. It's about our state government having control of us. Absolutely does. It absolutely does. There's no, there's no part of me that would be able to do the show successfully or at all, really, if I didn't have relationships with these people that end up getting Me too or end up coming out in a Me Too story or that I've worked with professionally or I've run into at freaking Rock and Roll Ralphs on Sunset. Like, I have to have these in-life person, in-personal, first-hand experiences to be able to be like, oh, yeah. That one? Oh, yeah, that one's been a creeper for the whole time I've known him. Or like, oh, that, guy, that guy's cool. I think this is, you know, a misunderstanding or blah, 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 blah. And I'm not saying that I'm always right, but at least I have that firsthand knowledge to go off of. And in the era of social media, all we have really is just thumb thugging of, well, I think this and I think that, yet I have zero experience to go off of. <laughs> Doesn't help the situation. And then when you add censorship on top of it, a lot of these, you know, social media platforms, et cetera, are openly censoring groups that are allowed, pages that are allowed. Like, there's been a whole, a whole slew of, this goes against our community standards and guidelines. Like, okay, what is it? Yet there's still pedophile pages. There's still Al-Qaeda pages. There's still ISIS pages. But... Somebody who makes a random video is like, hey, I work this way. Do you think COVID-19 is as serious as a virologist say? I mean, which virologists, they all say different things. You know, I don't know. I can only tell you what I personally think is and isn't worth um, fighting for. Elon Musk's partner said he moved from San Francisco when Newsom was mayor because he was so controlling. He moved to L.A. to be able to think freely. Woo! Allah must move wrong. <laughs> I don't think there's very, very little be freely thought in LA, but at the same time though, I don't spend that time much time in the Bay. So you might have to go kick it down in Orange County or something. <laughs> Voting with your feet's a beautiful thing. I think you're going to have to go a little bit farther than that though. Um, but yeah, Elon Musk has been completely sent. He's on Twitter all day, every day these days. It's amazing. Um, such a busy guy. Coronavirus was around in the 60s. Yeah, it's been around for like different coronavirus has been around forever. They come and go when they change, and they mutate. That's what viruses do. They're like, oh, you didn't like this version of me? Here's the new version. They're, you know, they're always changing. And every time you think you got one beat, it's a new level. And that's the way nature works. Who's to say that this is an act of nature? I can't really say that it is. Um, with any kind of certainty anyway it doesn't it doesn't pass the smell test for me and we've been seeing a lot of this uh i don't prejudice we'll say prejudice prejudice against um how other people in different parts of the world eat how other people um choose food and how they acquire it um and just because we do things a certain way in our system does not mean that's the way everybody does everything 
And, you know, what I consider a questionable food choice is somebody else's jam. And I'm sure it's vice versa as well. <laughs> like, for example, I can't stand carp. I think they're disgusting. We used to spear fish for them for funsies and garp pike too. For various reasons. I think they're gross. I don't like catching them. They're disgusting to me. However, in Eastern Europe, Romania, Bulgaria, that kind of block over there, that is Christmas dinner. They are over the moon if they get a big fat honking carp for Christmas dinner. I would not eat it. I would not personally eat it. It's their jam. And you know what? There's so many of them. Have your jam. Go ahead. Go ahead. Even everything mutates, even your own genes, they replace themselves. They're really, really do into something dangerous. That's true. Also true. 100 percent true. Um, and I said that to say this. I do not for a second think that this whatever it is that we're up against came from a bat soup in a wet market. I just don't believe it. I'm not denying like you're gonna see some bizarre foods in wet markets in Asia. I've been to them. I've been to the big one in Tokyo where they sell whale of all things. Um, and again, I would never eat whale, but some people do. Um, however, that just doesn't make sense to me. As somebody who has been fishing my whole life and, you know, eating the things that I catch and or kill, um, I know how to slice and dice and I don't, I don't, I don't, bat wings and chicken wings are two different things. I don't see any kind of meat on this creature and I don't, and I know like Peking duck is like, um, just the skin of the duck. They get rid of the meat. You just eat the skin, which I'm not a big skin eater. That's not really my thing. Pork rinds included. Um, I don't, <laughs> this virus was unleashed in purpose in my opinion and it has nothing to do with bats. I don't think it does either. I think it's an easy finger to point and be like, ew, look how gross those dirty, disgusting third world people are. Ew, this is all their fault. I think it's really, really easy to get people to do that. And I think it's even easier to get people to do that in a country where only 44% of its population has a passport and has ever been anywhere. And a specific segment of our population, 13 to 15% has never even left their home state. So it's really easy to convince them that the boogeyman far, far away is like gross and disgusting and oh my god why would you do that i think it's really really easy and it's also super easy to sit in a first world country with a very shiny packaged marketed food system that although is filled with its own garbage and its own chemicals and its own disgustingness um to judge what other people are doing for example I'm not trying to eat a lion. I don't really like eating abject carnivores outside of gator nuggets are pretty good. I'll give you that. But outside of that, I don't, I don't really want to eat cats. I don't know what's, I just don't, I not really my thing, but people that live in the bush in Africa, if they get a lion, 
their tribe is very happy and they eat the whole thing up to and including the eyeballs. And that's their business. They can do that in their situation if they want to, because you know what? It's not my, it's not my situation. And I don't get, I don't have the right to judge it because I don't live that life. So I'll just stay in my corner and they can stay in theirs. I mean, okay, even if it did, like, even if it did come from bats, I don't think it's fair to be like, ooh, gross, like those people, you know, wet markets, it came from that. Like, I don't, I just don't subscribe to that policy. I don't, I don't think it's right to be up in other people's food systems being like, oh, well, this is your fault. Like, I just don't, I don't believe that. Like, there's lots of diseases that we can pass between humans and animals and other animals and all kinds of stuff. I mean, look at our, you know, past recent years, swine flu, bird flu. Everybody got a flu. Everybody. No stone is untouched with the flu. You know, syphilis and sheep, HIV and green monkeys, like passing things between humans and animals happens. It just, it just does because we're all sharing this rock in the sky together. Like, Occasionally, you're going to catch the same thing, and like it sucks, but they don't sell shoehorn bats. I've never seen a shoehorn bat. Please send a picture of one of those. That sounds ridiculous. <laughs> um, it's just, I, I, it's too easy to sit in a first world country with a perfectly pristinely packaged and marketed food system. To be like, oh, those people are so gross. Like, okay, well, A, you don't know those people. You've never been or eaten with those people and you don't know what it's like to live their life so maybe step off the judgment and like for as much as I hear people scream oh my god privilege privilege like where are those people when they're like ah oh, it's just these icky Chinese people eating bats from wet markets like where are my privilege privilege people I'm waiting I'm waiting I'm waiting um the media is such a is such a dangerous, dangerous creature. Like it, it, it is the real constant monster in our lives, and it doesn't even have the courtesy to live under the bed. Like it gets, it crawls up next to you, and it's like I'm gonna live in your ear constantly. And your energy and your mindset is so, so, so important. And going to places that I've gone throughout my life and during this situation. Um, and that goes for hashtag me too, going places that I've gone, you know, in and around Hollywood, seeing the things that I've seen. It just doesn't jive with what the mainstream media puts out. It just doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't add up. You know, these numbers, these numbers, these rules, the characters involved in the story, it just doesn't pass the smell test as per the usual and i was looking at it because i was like you know what what exactly is a pandemic because like your ratio of like people that have it or have died of it to the population is like wee, there's a big 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 gap there so i'm like okay well what's the difference between a pandemic and, and, an, and an epidemic like what's the difference turns out there's no legal definition as long as we infringe on their habitat we'll always be exposed to new viruses absolutely and we would be pretty selfish to think that 
animals in our environment don't catch stuff from us because people are dirty. I mean, my dogs are filthy, rotten creatures, but I'm sure that I get germs and grossness on them too. I don't know what specifically, but I'm sure that I do. Um, if they were just allowed to, you know, live their own little lives, I'm probably getting up in their business too with something that could maybe hurt them. I don't know. Um, so it turns out there's no legal definition between epidemic and pandemic. Like there's not like a number or a color or a locker that it's decide. Um, it's just whatever use that they choose, whatever, whichever term they choose to use. And then on top of it, like when I don't think that the government ever has or ever will be like concerned with you as evidenced by the, like, we still have the draft. As soon as boys turn 18 in high school, they're like, hey, sign up for the draft. You're re legally required to because you happen to have an XY chromosome and you've reached the age of majority. Like, okay. And I think in all of this, even though we're getting our free trial session of the purge, like, nobody's went out and hurt each other, up to and including gangbangers. <laughs> like, even the gangs are staying home at their mom's house because they can't afford their own. But still, like, we're kind of body positive at this point because the hood's not getting shot up because everybody stayed home. So are we really losing that money bodies overall? Maybe, maybe not, but the hood's not getting shot up. So that's an improvement for them. You go hood. But when there's 22 veteran suicides a day, literally no one cares. Nothing has happened. And the VA is a mess. It always has been a best, a mess and it always will be a mess. So I've never heard about, oh, we need to take care of veterans' mental health and there's an epidemic of veteran suicide. We have 22 veterans a day dying by suicide. This isn't right. Or, you know, we need to do something about it. The VA is going to get overrun. The veterans' hospitals are going to be overrun. They're going to be shut down. The workers there aren't going to be able to take care of it. I've literally never heard this conversation happen. Not once. Ever. Not once have I heard this. Or, I don't know, the opioid crisis. The people who have been working in the opioid crisis for years, since like 1997, have been begging and pleading on their knees, please declare this an epidemic. Please declare opioid abuse and overdose as a pandemic. Please, we need help. Please, 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 please. And they've never gotten epidemic or pandemic or crisis status from the state anyway, maybe from you and I, but not from the state, certainly. Because despite the fact that like, I think the 78,000 people in 2018, um, Yes, the difference between epidemic and pandemic is like the reach, but like there's no legal definition on what that reach is. Like there's not like the parameters like really, really loose. Like there's not like a there's no specificity to it, um, which in my opinion is a problem. Um, so 78,000 people died of opioid abuse in 2018. And that number has steadily inclined since 1997 from, I think it was down around 20,000 people and it's gotten up to 78,000. So no curves being flattened there. 
And the only help from the government they've gotten is like, oh, well, what if we got like, you know, like safe injection sites? We'll just put safe injection sites around whatever cities or towns we feel like it. And then the junkies can just, you know, they can get three needles to shoot up and then they can shoot up in front of um, like state nurses. And like, you know, if they overdose, like we'll just hitting, we'll just keep hitting them with, with Narcan. Like we could just do that. And you're like, what is that happening? That doesn't make it, that doesn't, it makes not a bit of sense. Like, so you're cool to like facilitate their overdose, but you're not cool to facilitate their rehabilitation, their detox. You're cool with them like dying and coding and go bringing them back to life, but you're not cool to like start taking out the actual root of the problem. Cool. When you get into things like this, I just don't believe it. I don't think there is a, I don't think politicians or any of these alphabet agencies are out to help anybody but themselves. I'm sure there's lovely people within those organizations that are personally truly trying, but as a whole, as an overall, I don't think they're out here to do anything except line their pockets. Because I've yet to see them actually accomplish anything that would suggest otherwise. So it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Or if you take the homeless the homeless population. I don't know about the rest of the country, but in LA, they're just now putting porta potties and hand washing stations in all of these homeless camps that are under overpasses in neighborhoods, in front of stores, you name it. They've been dropping off porta potties and hand washing stations for them. Now, I'm not opposed to this. But the legal term is when an epidemic spreads across regions and countries. Okay, which re I'm saying like there's no specificity like which regions and countries, how many, over what amount of time? Like there's no legal definition in there. It's just this. Oh, okay, when it from went from there to there. Okay, where's there and there? That's that's not enough. Like if you tried to use it as an illegal argument, it wouldn't it wouldn't hold any water. Um. Anyway, I'm not opposed to that, and I think it's a great idea. And like, I think we need more public restrooms in that studies these numbers. I'm not saying that you don't know it. I'm just saying that there's like no, like specific, where's there and there? Like, where's the specificity of it? That's what I'm asking, because there isn't one. Um, I'm not opposed to the porta potties, because I don't think it should be on the private sector to provide these facilities for people that were there because the government probably did something irresponsible like in LA when they kicked all the people out of the mental hospitals and locked the doors behind them and said hope you can survive on the street if not I don't care why is it up to McDonald's or 7-Eleven or Rock and Roll Ralph's or any of these places why does it have to go on their bottom line when the city just throws their hands up and is like, mm, we're not going to do anything. Like, okay, well, <laughs> how am I supposed to do? Like, it's it's not fair to put that load completely on the private sector when it was the government that greatly, greatly contributed to that situation. So I'm very happy that they're doing that. It's the correct thing to do, especially on short notice. Um, but just a couple months ago, 
San Francisco was like, oh yeah, we let people just take a squat in the streets whenever they want. You know what? It's cool. Um, some of these websites will make a map for you on how to avoid human species, avoid human feces on the sidewalk. How is that a blog? What? It's useful if you have to go to San Fran, but still, like, what? What? That's not. That's not crazy. That doesn't sound crazy to anybody. It sounds crazy to me. Again, I'm a weirdo, but still, this. Mm, I don't like it. I don't like it. And furthermore. Where are all of these activists that I keep hearing about all the time that are all of a sudden so quiet with all these public beaches closed? <sighs> Mid-century, a bunch of people got together and said, you know what? All of California's beaches are public. They belong to no one except the public other than the few pieces of beach that are like on um, like military bases, like down in St. Onofre and things like that. You can just you stay off the government's beach. But besides that, because you don't want to end up in like a Navy SEAL launch pad area. You don't want to be doing that. Um, but all of the California coast, outside of military bases, um, okay, jumps, borders, infects other people on the other side of the world. Okay, but it's not specific about like how many times that has to happen or with like which region to which region. Like it's very, it's, it's very vague, it's loose. Those people are a really staunch group of people. And every time somebody say on Carbon Beach in Malibu, it's like, this is my house and this is my private beach and blah, 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 blah. These people can't be on it. They'll be like, uh, excuse me, we're the public beach uh, coalition. And um, actually this beach has been a public beach since um, before you were born. So if these people, the general public walk across the beach in front of your house, deal with it, you'll be okay. So where are those people amidst this like crazy statewide, all these miles of coast? Where are those people? I would like to know where they are. Or furthermore, where are these res resist? Where's the resist crowd? I heard nothing but resist reality for months or you know years basically of like resist 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 reality like okay great but somehow those are the first people that are like staying you know they're so scared stay indoors rocking themselves in into a panic attack like this this is not cool this is not big dropbox you're gonna have to go somewhere i don't for you it doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense where are these people? Where are they? Where are their voices? I would like to hear them. I would like to see them when the government is like, you can't do this. Actually, we can. We decided that decades ago, and there's nothing you can do about it because this beach belongs to the public, point blank, period. What happened to that? Where are those people? And you know what? This is where it's going to get, we're going to get real rowdy, folks. Because I've been going... I don't want to say everywhere, but a significant amount of places lately. The things that I have seen it only needs to happen once. Okay, so it needs to go so from so if a disease jump is jumps the border from Detroit to Windsor, it's a it's a, it's a pandemic. Cuz it jumped 
an imagine well it's not an imaginary line but that's water but still so if it just has jump one line and then it can claim pandemic status is that what you're telling me anyway the <laughs> I have to go refer to my notes. Hang on a second. Seeing the things that I've seen in the last like week, I was up in Santa Barbara yesterday and it was amazing. It was incredible. People were out playing soccer. People were running. People were on the beach. Um, I saw like three other people at a taco stand. I peed in a public restroom, I think twice. It was crazy. It was amazing. But if you don't leave your house and like go see these things, like you don't know. And furthermore, the more you stay in your house, you don't have any more contact with other people. The only thing you have going is what the news is telling you. And that's a dangerous place to be. A dangerous, dangerous place to be. Because then they have, they went from having this much control to this much control to this much control. It's like, it just keeps extrapolating out. The less contact you have with other people, or other places or other things, the narrower and narrower and narrower your world gets. And that just, it just piles on the stress. It piles and piles and piles on the stress. And I've seen a few people recently that are genuinely contemplating suicide because they don't see a way out of this. It's like, wait, 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 wait. Do not make any permanent decisions based on temporary circumstances. It's hairy canary right now, but it won't be forever. Hang on a second. A big piece of this conversation that's missing is we talk about the economic impact a lot, as we should. That's a huge deal. But the impact that's going to come forward because of the strain on the entire global population's mental health because of this is going to be unbelievable. Like, that is a number that won't be able to to count from Detroit to London infecting more than 20 people. Pandemic was a real loose term. There we have it. So if we get over 20 people and it jumps the border. Okay, great. I don't think that we're gonna be, especially like, I'll say this for my age group, I don't know about anybody else, but my age group, and they're about to be 30s or they're just now 30s, have been, have gotten a rough road here. Like, not like we were sent up to I'm rough, but economically it's been rough, okay? Just getting out of high school, boom, great recession. Some people will never recover from that their whole lives. And the people that did recover are just now getting their legs and boom, COVID-19, coronavirus lockdown, everybody's laid off. I was just telling my lady this hurting people who struggle with mental health. Absolutely. Like we're talking about people that struggle on a good day in good times. They're off the charts now. Like we were having a hard time dealing with that situation in good times. I have no clue how we're supposed to even make a dent in it or scratch the surface now like this is a this is going to be a rough road for a long long time and i hope somebody very very smart comes along and figures out something to do but oh my god 
the impacts on mental health that are going to be lasting and expensive and taxing, like as a people, um, are just, I, I don't, they're immeasurable. I, I don't think there's even a way to even put forth any sort of metrics on it. And that to me is really, really scary. And what else, what I'm actually scared of, because like, if I was going to catch this thing, I would have caught it. I don't know, sometime during my eight flights through five airports, most of which were in Asia and all of like for the entire month of February, or for when I was um, going and seeing cl clients in mid-March <laughs> that were in grocery stores and pulling things off trucks and getting them on the shelves and all of, you know, cleaning stuff, all of that jazz. Um, I would have caught it by now <laughs> and I haven't, I'm fine. So I'm not scared of that. And even still, I'm a pretty big YOLO person. Like I went through H1N1 going back and forth to Tokyo. And then after I was done doing that, I went through radiation and acid rain in Tokyo. And I mean, it takes spirulina, but whatever happens is going to happen. Like there's, I'm not, I'm not worried about it. I'm pretty unshable in that way. What does worry me is people's behavior. And they're so deeply influenced by the media and they just jump on each other's throats so, so, so fast. And it's not just because of this. We've seen this happen before in the past over and over and over again, which is why I say I don't have trust issues. I have, I've seen this before issues. It's, it's brutal, man, to, to go after your fellow man over what somebody else told you because with really no authority, none, they ran a nice package on the six o'clock news. Great, anybody on Fiverr can do that. Um, to just jump on other people or be so, so, so scared that you're terrified of other human beings. I'm not a nice person. I don't like anybody. <laughs> like, there was a year or two. H1N1 killed a service service. Absolutely. Totally. I think there's like 750 million cases of H1N1 or something. It was, it was bananas. And it wasn't, I was going back and forth to Tokyo and it didn't really disrupt my life. I mean, it's kind of a pain to fly, but it was okay. Um, I'm really good at sleeping on planes. So maybe I <laughs> skewed perspective, but still. Uh, my friend and I were hiking in this neighborhood that's just literally right there. Like I could throw a rock at it if I tried hard enough. And we're coming down the hill. And this woman, we're coming down the hill and this woman is like over here, even further down the hill comes popping out and she's got her head like wrapped in a pashmina of all things. And we're coming down the hill and she's bopping across the street and she's like, don't come any closer. And we're like, okay. She's like, you're not even wearing a mask. Like, neither are you, you got a pashmina wrapped around your head and it keeps falling down. So you keep putting it back up. Like you're at least. 10, 15 yards away. It'll be fine. You'll be all right. Relax. And this woman is screaming. And now, to be fair, I cannot tell the difference between regular LA crazy right now and Corona crazy. They've, they've merged. I can't tell the difference between which. Oh my gosh, this poor woman is so scared. She's terrified. She's absolutely terrified. And it's just, it's not right. It is not right to be doing this. Like, 
we've had so many conversations over the years about the difference between like torture and coercion and water burning boarding and gitmo and all of these things and we're like okay torture is lasting that will like leave a mark on you for whole, your whole life like okay fine coercion is basically anything less than that okay is what the media is doing is that anything less than coercion i don't think it is completely dominating every conversation everything on the internet every printed media just every single nook and cranny is that not coercion because in my book it is and i think but if you were to like take it on a smaller level it was just a one person to a one person situation i think you'd be like yeah that's coercion if you just book it all the way down to like a one-to-one -one scenario at the very least you'd be like that's not right you should not be should not be doing that as a person who lives in the public use i use a fake name try not to mention where you live you use a fake name i thought i knew you in real life maybe i don't i don't know um <laughs> It just does it's it's not right the level of panic and stress and confusion that's being put upon the entire world because those that kind of panic that kind of stress that kind of cortisol level like it leaves a mark it leaves a mark and it's not something that you just flip a switch on and be like okay it's okay now because a lot of people like oh, even if they even if they stop the lockdown like i'm not going anywhere well, that's fine that's your choice if you want to sit in your house pantsless until the end of time go for it i don't i don't like pants either but from a fear-based situation that's that's not a good spot to be in to be that influenced to be that scared to be that fearful that does bad things to your body bad things to your mind that do not that flip that switch just doesn't just flip black to normal it just doesn't it's something that you have to heal from over time and that's a taxing situation nobody's going to come out of this completely unscathed and i guess that's to be expected considering the unprecedented level of absolute madness that we're enduring like that's oh god i don't know No, you don't know me, but you do know that I'm who I am if I share that. I'm just looking out for you. Oh, well, people know where I live. It's just the way it is. <laughs> That's the way it is. I, if I was, if I was going to be scared of when, when I lived in Detroit, not here. Because um, that was, that was Harry Canary. Here is not such a big deal. Um, I don't think... I don't think or even if even if they lifted it tomorrow and said, ha ha, just kidding, we're still going to have laughing. It was all a joke. Like, we're still going to have really, really lasting effects that were so not worth it. So unbelievably not worth it as a whole. It just doesn't. It, the juice is not worth the squeeze. It's just not. And now, considering these numbers that are coming out that are just a joke, 
they're an absolute joke. There's no way to know which way it's up or down. They lie all the time. They lie all, 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 all the time. Why even pay attention? Why even pay attention other than to the read between the lines and the nefarious activity that they're up to? Get out and see things, get out and talk to people. Even if you don't, if you're not comfortable to get out and do that, or that's just not your style of going out and talking to people, FaceTime, WhatsApp, text, God knows Zoom is the is the is the platform of the platform of the era. Go talk to people, ask them how they're doing, what they're seeing where they live, what they think about the situation where they live, because all of that stuff is important. All of that stuff is important. I've been talking to tourism boards lately because of this whole Inc. magazine situation. And I talked to the head of tourism for Bali, and they're trying to reopen to Chinese tourists before the end of the before May's over, basically. Because although the island that has Jakarta on it is having a hard time with virus cases, Bali and beyond, for who's lying about what numbers? The media is lying about basically every number. I don't know what I probably have a shorter list of numbers that they're not lying about. Um, those islands are isolated. They don't have any corona problems, but they've got starving problems. And that's a really serious issue. These countries, whether they're island, landlocked, doesn't matter. These small countries that are 95% or better dependent on tourism are starving. They're having serious serious, serious economic issues. And it's it's moving from economic issues to humanitarian issues. Like, it's a problem. So they're trying to, Bali and the islands beyond it are trying to reopen before June and Godspeed to them. I don't know if it's gonna work for them or not. Um, luckily, most of those islands have their own airports. Um, so they don't have to rely on Jakarta for connections, thank God. Um, and then there's other countries like, um, Costa Rica is opening flights between San Jose and it's either Dallas or Houston, I forget which one. But if you're American and you've been stuck in Costa Rica since they've gone to their flights, you can come back to the US. Or if you're a Costa Rican passport holder who's been stuck in the US, you can go back to Costa Rica. So it's not necessarily a, a free for all of, hey, it's Corona time the regular way. Um, that's what I should have had to drink this evening was a Corona, I got a bunch in my fridge. Um, but they're at least letting the trap people out and some trap people in. <laughs> so that's good. We can start exchanging people on a more um, independent basis, we'll say. And they've already scheduled that, I think, from May 15th and beyond as they're trying to those. I think those flights are already full because I think they were like 600 bucks a seat and everybody snatched those up. So between May 15th and I think the first week of June, June 8th, something like that. They've already scheduled those flights. So hopefully, Godspeed to them. Hopefully, Costa Rica will be okay and they can start getting their legs underneath them again. God willing. And then Bali, too. Bali has such a special place in my heart. Bali is such an incredible place. There are very, 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 very few little nuggets and corners of this world where everybody is working on themselves. And to me, it's a very, very precious, sweet, precious place. And I don't want their people to starve. Um, I was looking at the numbers for Nepal yesterday, something like that. And I think it said like 30 to 
of Nepal's like GDP is remittance payments because they have so many of their um, citizens that work abroad and then send money home. Um, and all of the Nepalese citizens basically that do that haven't been working if they're trapped abroad. So that money's not coming. And then the rest of their economy is based on tourism because Mount Everest and like the surrounding Himalayas, they're not getting that because they can't have tourists right now. And even if they did, questionable. Um, their people are like, we're starving. Can we please, please get this show on the road? So I guess they're going to start letting people across their land borders. They don't have a common denominator and enough tests to get out the correct info. Then that's just a question mark. A question mark's a question mark. The, um, there's been a lot of like migrant workers like trapped, like completely trapped, like basically on the side of the road because they can't get from where they were to where they're supposed to be and vice versa. Like there's no exchange going on. And especially in that part of the world, because there's no temples that are open um, or anywhere to get food or anywhere to get water. People are starving, trying to walk back to their village or trying to get across a border that's closed. And there are certain countries that have had way, way, way more problems with starvation and exhaustion than Corona at all. It's like there, there's a big, big gap in that. So we'll see what some of these other smaller countries decide that they want to do, considering all of their variables in the equation. And for as hard as it is to sit in the house and watch Netflix, like, at least you have a house on Netflix and access to food and water, hopefully, God willing, because um, it's all it's all pretty gross. It's all on the spectrum of gross. And of course, there's like the bottom, bottom, bottom end, all the way up to first world champagne problems. Such is life, though. It's like that all the time. It's just a really stressful chunk of it right now. So I will leave you with that on this No Filter Friday. God only knows what's going to happen between now and next week. The show writes itself. Who knows what we will see. I'm sure it'll be juicy, though. I feel like there's some juice coming down the pipeline. I feel like there's a, a, a significant amount of tea that's been like accruing to spill. So hopefully we'll be able to do that next week and we'll have more answers or at least news that we can decipher. It's not going to be correct, but maybe we can interpret whatever it is that they say. But bigger than you realize. So have a good night. Always love your comment. Thank you. Yes, this is a gigantic situation. We're in the midst of a monstrous political unrest. But, and when we come out to the other side of it, it will all have absolutely been worth it. But for the time being, on the inset, in the eye of the storm, we're only in the eye of it. There's still more storm to go. And God only knows what kind of toll it's going to take. So next week, we will see more tea. See what we can spill. And then we will have 
we will have another discussion. And I have, um, I've been pre-recording some episodes with some guests. So we'll probably have some more guests on in the podcast version and I won't do the live show. Probably, I would say towards the end of May, those episodes will come out. End of May into June. So next week might be the, there might we might have a one or two more live episodes and then we'll have a guest pre-recorded episode which I, I love. I love having guests on the show. It's fantastic. Um, the feedback that I get on um, like Instagram and Twitter and stuff like that is just fabulous when I have guests on. I love it so much. And then, of course, check out other shows on Public House Media like Choose to Rise and uh, See Jane Cell and Disarming Disability and Confessions of a Military Spouse, all shows that are not as dark as twisted as this one and are far, far, far more uplifting and give us, you know, a rating or a share or something of that nature. And I will see you all next week on another Military Friday. (sighs) Retain your sanity, kids, or at least try to. It's worth a shot.